Good morning, afternoon, and evening, everyone. Um, my name is Howard Sapp with Now You Know, and welcome to 2024. 2024, yes. We've um, gone through 2023 and had a, you know, a you know, a year. We, we've had, you know, some ups and downs. We've had a year. We've had a year. I'm not going to say it was, it was the best year, but we've had a year. But uh, I'm here. We Now you know, and welcome back. And we're ready to get started, you know, going in, getting into this uh, political season. We know so many things are happening. And uh, I'm not here alone. I'm here with my uh, cohort, my partner in crime, uh, Dr. Cindy Banye. Dr. Cindy Banye, give everyone a good shout out. Hello. Yes. Happy 2024. Happy yeah. election year. Exactly. Everybody. So exactly. Hopefully one of your uh, New Year's resolutions was to make sure your voter registration is up to date. So <laughs> yes, definitely, definitely, definitely make sure you make sure you hit that. And, um, you know, that's something that, you know, has been uh, we know in 2023, you know, some of the things that, you know, has happened. And, and as we look at, you know, kind of look a little bit back, you know, to some of the things that happened in 2023, we know a lot of uh Man, because of the super majority, you know, so many things happened in uh, politically in the legislation. You know, some bills came out, some you know good bills were killed, some bad bills passed through. Um, you know, and as as Cindy was saying, as far as making sure that you you know have if you want to do vote by mail, you've re you registered, you've gotten your everything, gotten everything together so that you can now vote in 2024. Big year, lot lots going on, a lot to happen, and just looking back, just say. Um, some of the things that happened in 2023, um, and one of the things was, um, you know, trying to, you know, hinder, um, stifle, uh, cover, disencourage, whatever, uh, but but voting, you know, for the state of Florida and definitely for, you know, a, a lot of um, groups that uh, our governor, Ron DeSantis, wants to do. So he really trying to make sure that we uh, not allow everyone, you know, their legal and, and, and human right, you know, to cast their ballot, you know, however mm -hmm. that may be. So again, that's something that has happened um, and they're continuing to try and make that, you know, to yep. where they want to discourage people from voting, you know, so we want to make sure that everybody, everybody makes sure, you know, that you get you know, your registration and everything straight so that you can vote. I think from, from my understanding, it's um, now from 2023, and maybe you know more, Cindy, maybe uh, than I do, but um, from what I've seen, we're down, I think it's like almost a million people now, um, less people that are eligible to vote, you know, from yeah. last year. Yeah, about a million voters were thrown off the rolls at the beginning of, uh, well, you know, last year right. because mm -hmm. of some of the changes in the legislation. So there was these purging of the voter rolls. This was, you know, touted by Republicans as this election integrity thing. Mm -hmm. um, if people hadn't voted in the last few elections and it's widely seen, though, by, you know, election proponents as a way to make it more difficult for people who maybe hadn't voted to vote in upcoming mm -hmm. elections because right. they've been purged. Um, also, they changed the rules in the last few legislative sessions around how you can do the vote by mail, right, um, exactly. where the, the drop-offs are, uh, whether or not you know candidates and people can be given food and water in line. And, and, they made that illegal. And they, and, they, and they made that almost like a, a criminal act if you yes. give someone water while waiting in line. Which, to be fair, was like a huge camp, uh, uh, election day strategy of mine in 2020. Mm -hmm. <laughs> 
<laughs> so, um, yeah, because it's hot in Florida, and if exactly. our systems aren't well put together, which they uh, often haven't been, we've mm -hmm. you know seen places around our state that have had hours and hours long line waits. Uh, hint, hint, it's usually in the poor black communities. Exactly. Um, you know, going back to like uh, thinking of the votes for Obama mm -hmm. um, or even, uh, yeah, the 2012 election where people had to stand in line three, four, five, six hours at a time in the blazing hot Florida sun. So, right, right. Uh, yeah, it can become a, a terrible thing, but it was seen as something that grassroots activists who wanted mm -hmm. to keep those folks in line that they would do. And, you know, now it's uh, now it's illegal. The thing that we have to look for in terms of that during the 2024 session, which starts today, right, right. and is that our very own Senator Jonathan Martin, who did not win an election, but simply mm -hmm. walked into his seat after Ron DeSantis appointed his predecessor to the State Board of Governors after he rolled over on his congressional maps right. so he could get his way to further diminish the black vote in the state of mm -hmm. Florida, by the way. Oh, yes. So Jonathan Martin is uh, doing his bidding up there in Tallahassee and put forth a bill that essentially eliminates absentee uh, That's so right. no more vote by mail. It would actually be going back to the old school absentee ballot where it's like, if you're in the hospital, if you're incarcerated, but not convicted, mm -hmm. if you're military and overseas, um, then you could get an absentee get ballot. Otherwise, ballot. you cannot have one. Um, and right. this is ridiculous, by the way, because Florida has actually been a national leader in vote by mail. We've mm -hmm. had it uh, one of the longest in the country it was one of the major reforms that happened after the debacle of the 2000 election, right? So we've had it for right. more than 20 some odd years here years. in the state of Florida, mm -hmm. done it very well. And by the way, up until the 2020 election, it was Republicans who voted by mail in leaps and bounds right. because there was a lot of, uh, there was a lot of snowbirds who live snowbirds, out of state. Yeah, and that's what I was going to, yeah, that's, yeah, the snowbirds, they come and they go and, you know, but like you say, you know, a lot and they of they used voting as a way to prove that they were residents. Right. Exactly. So it was, yeah. so it significantly increased the proportion of wealthy mm -hmm. part-time residents in the state of Florida from vote for voting. Right. Uh, and they disproportionately voted for Republicans. So the fact that a Republican is putting this out is stupid. It's like, it just yeah. shows that they're willing to shoot themselves in the foot to perpetuate this big election lie thing. Mm -hmm. And um, they're confident, I guess, that their folks are going to show up on election day, but all the pundits are telling us that this 2024 election is going to be a turnout election. So, yeah, I'm hoping so. I'm hoping it's not so. going to be who has the best policy. It's who gets their who folks gets and their folks. base to yeah. show up. Right. And and, that, and that's why we we continuously, and I, and I know we um, kind of drive that point home on, on a number of um, podcasts. We drive that point home that you guys need to get out and vote. You guys need to get out and vote. Make sure that, you know, all of your, make sure that your house is in order, you know, as far as your voting, your voting house, make sure that that's in order. Uh, register, re-register, vote by mail, whatever the case may be, whatever you need to do, uh, make sure that you can, you put yourself in a position that you, so that you can vote. Um, and it's a, um, what is it, uh, leave.gov, you know, so that uh, yep. they can go to, um, and like I said, if you have any questions or anything like that, and and I think that um, is it this year that the superintendent of elections 
can the supervisor of elections rather supervisor of elections can um approve different voting uh, locations if if uh, if um re remembering that piece correctly i don't know if it was this year that they they've given them given them that particular ability to do that they could actually increase the voting locations uh, for elections i don't know if that's going to be um in place for 2024 but i know that you know that is something that the supervisor of elections can uh, now do now or at least that was a discussion that they were having to whether or not um, they were going to give them that charge or that ability to do that so again yeah. it, it's a lot of things that, that that can happen but we just want to make sure that everyone puts themselves in a position that you're eligible to vote come to, come november and well actually before then you know but you want to make sure that you're eligible to vote uh in 2024 so make sure that yeah. everything and, is in place you know and, and show and, up update your signature yes um, you know, it, it looks like in so if Senator Martin is successful in this bid to roll back vote by mail, everyone who is registered thus far in 2023 for vote by mail will be thrown off the roster. Mm -hmm. And those folks who are not the newly qualified folks will have to re reapply for their absentee ballot. But right. that means everybody else is going to have to show up. So um, we won't know what the. Uh, early election dates are until right. later. Right. If there's any other restrictions on those, uh, that is up to the individual supervisors of elections mm -hmm. when they're going to be doing the early voting. Early voting. Right. And um, yes, how many precincts they have and things like that. So that'll be up to the, the independently elected partisan supervisors of elections, which uh, in many places, definitely here in Lee County, is a constitutional office that is up mm -hmm. for Oh, in 2024. That's right. That's right. That is so true. So, and and we're definitely looking for folks who are willing to step up and and put integrity into the process mm -hmm. and fight for democracy with our supervisors of elections. So, if that's something that's interesting to you, let, let us know. Reach out to us. Yeah, definitely, <laughs> we can definitely steer you in the right direction and make sure that everything happens the way that um, you know we need it or want it or you would want it to happen. So, at least put you in a position, you know, to. Um, you know, again, move forward to how, however you feel, uh, uh, see fit. So, and that's one thing that, um, you know, is happening again, back in 2023. Also remember in 2023, um, they put in, uh, I guess the largest, what in the legislative session, one of the largest, um, expansions of school choice, you know, yeah. in history, you know, so that's another thing that has happened back in 2023, you know, so we want to make sure that, uh, and, and then of course, we, you know, we've talked about, you know, why they've done it, why the governor, uh, you know, has done, you know, these particular things and why these things are happening, you know, and trust and believe it's not, uh, has nothing to do with, you know, trying to make sure that everybody, you know, has a choice for a school and, and what? How whatever. How the kids? <laughs> it couldn't possibly be because running shoddily put together charter schools is incredibly pro uh, profitable, especially when you get guaranteed government money. There you go. There you go. Oh. That's it. I mean, when you get guaranteed dollars, you know, it's like, whatever, I'm just put my name on something, you okay. know, and we could, we could have a storefront, you know, and here's our school and, you know, we can do whatever it's, it's, it's crazy, you know, but again, all, a lot of that is because of the fact that we had such, again, the supermajority and we did not have people in place, you know, or at least enough people in place, you know, to combat, you know, a lot of the really screwed up, um, issues and, 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 and screwed up, uh, legislation that came forward, 
so all they had to do was write something down on a piece of paper and then vote for it for themselves, and then it was done. It's 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 almost like um, it's almost like if if everyone knows what happened, what just happened in Cape Crawl as far as the city council and how they just gave themselves, you know, a stipend. You know, they just you know what you know we to need double their pay. <laughs> exactly, they doubled their pay. You know, so it that's you know, so it's it's just like that. So it's you know where you have no voice, no say, or anything. But we want to make sure that we do have. So again, the largest expansion and in, in, uh, of um, you know school choice in the history of the state of Florida. You know, one of the other things. You know, definitely. You know, with the um, the what that issue. is that is defunding our public schools. Exactly. Yes. Yes. Yeah, defunding we, yeah, our public schools. Because here's the thing, the state, the, the schools in the school district, in the public school district, which are based on counties here in the state of Florida, mm -hmm. they have a legal requirement to provide space for the students. So right. the, mm -hmm. the number of students that are in the, in the district, they have to provide the schools and facilities for them. If right. we have the system that we have here, which is the universal voucher that any mm -hmm. parent can take their child and then those dollars, which ends up being like eight, $9,000 per kid, mm -hmm. follows them to the charter the or charter. private school now right. by, exactly by exactly exactly they also are required by that same law to provide uh the extracurricular opportunities to those students so the school mm -hmm. still has to pay right for right. if that kid wants to do marching band or you know yep. they want to play basketball the school still has to accommodate them and mm -hmm. even though they're getting zero dollars to help them so it's really a bad situation right yogi my cat agrees um <laughs> That it's we shouldn't be taking money away from our schools because ultimately what that's going to do is prove, you know, it's going to make them function worse, right? They're not going exactly. to be able to do their job. Exactly, and and, and a lot of our schools, a lot of our um, uh, schools are, are struggling, you know, in areas where you know you have you know schools that that need the funding, that you know need the help, that need you know. Um, the, the the equipment and the books and all of right. these things here they, they already need that so if you continue to take money from those particular schools like uh dr may you're saying it's going to continue to show or at least try and prove a point for them to say that okay well see we told you you know that this school wasn't functioning well oh it's yeah they're doing this, bad right doing that. so we should be able to close it and we should be able to do this and we should be able right. to do that and then just just say you know this happens and they wind up closing a school, of course, we know where those schools are primarily going to be, you know, that would be a hardest hit, you know, in the um, less attractive areas, you know, economically, you know, so yep. now you have to take this group of kids, just say if it's eight, nine hundred, you know, a thousand kids and send them elsewhere to other schools, you know, mm -hmm. that's so far away, you know, so I mean, it, it really and don't have to provide them with services. They do right. not have to provide them with, you know they're not legally required to do the things that the public schools are like provide uh, uh, adaptations mm -hmm. for their learning needs. Right. They don't have to do that. They don't have to have accredited uh, teachers, right? They don't have to have valid curriculums. I mean, the, the, the problems are on and on. And, exactly. and really it's just a bold face way to transfer public funds mm -hmm. into private coffers. These are people exactly. like Byron Donald's wife, Erica Donald, and her mm -hmm. Optima Foundation and the Optima Company who are making 11% in perpetuity for every charter school they set up. And charter schools are chartered to the public school district. So that means they're right. taking public school district dollars and they're directly going into Byron Donald's and his family's bank accounts. And that should mm -hmm. disgust every single person in the state of Florida. 
That's that is so true. And, and here's the thing, even with the charter schools, it, it's funny because you want to take the the funding, you want to take the dollars, but they're not held to the standards that the public schools are held to. So you can take the money, but I'm gonna I'm not gonna follow your rules. You know, so I'm not, you know, I'll accept this. I won't do this. I'll do this. I won't do that. You know, and they can't force them to do it. So you're telling me that you know, you're going to take you're going to put in a system to whereas you're going to pay people to do whatever it is they want to do. Makes no sense at all. You know, there is no regulation. You know, there is nothing that's going to hold them accountable, you know, to like you were saying, a certain standard, you know, that, you know, you want to make sure that all kids are treated equal. Everyone has uh the ability to do and all of their needs are being met, the issues and concerns are being addressed the way that they need to be addressed. We want to make sure that these things happen, but you're going to create a system that throws all of that out of the window yep. and say, well, here you are. This is the best system that we can come up with. Really? So we want to make sure, you know, and, right? <laughs> this, this is something again, back in 2023. So, and one of the other things when we talk about schools and, and, and when we talk about, again, the, um, the higher education, we talk about when the, the, the limited, uh, they wanted to limit the diversity, the equity and the conclusion efforts, you know, at, at your colleges, your state institutions and stuff like that. They really wanted to kind of, and we know what, what was it in, in, in central Florida? What was that school name? Um, New college. Yeah, new college, you know, where they totally did. I mean, it, it's just a big joke the way that they do things and the reason that they do it. Um, the way that they appointed one of DeSantis's right. buddies to the president after the they put out the other president and then paid him four times as much. That part, is that the part that you're talking about? Yeah, I mean, it's crazy, you know, and you're taking all of these things out and you're throwing out, well, we, it's not mandatory for any any of your teachers or any of your administration, anyone at your staff to go through any type of, like you say, diversity or inclusion or equity. And actually, I think um, at one point, I'm, I'm not, if I'm not mistaken, they, well, they just took it out and they just, just said that it wasn't mandatory. It was voluntary, but not mandatory. And they were, they were defunding the, the public DEI right. uh, components mm -hmm. in the public schools. So the public universities in the state of Florida. Right. So they, you know, for instance, at FGCU where I work, they had a department of, you know, equity and diversity, diversity, mm -hmm. you know, right. DEI department. Uh, they gave uh, certifications for that. And it was all voluntary, by the way. Um, I got my certification back in 2018, I believe. Uh, and it was a good course. So okay. here's, and here's something that our friend Chris Proya brings up a whole lot that mm -hmm. a lot of folks don't think about is that, unfortunately, this DEI attack has mm -hmm come out of the critical race theory attack yeah, on the K-12 exactly, exactly, and exactly. it's wrapped up in this kind of like racist stuff mm -hmm. and the biggest losers for DEI are people with disabilities. It's really 100% true because when we think about the spaces and being inclusive, right, it's not just about pronouns and, and talking about ethnicity. It's how do you create classroom settings that's what they mm -hmm. were teaching me how do you create classroom yeah, settings classroom. that will be accommodating to different types of students exactly. and a lot of it was also i mean the biggest takeaways for me were like oh uh make sure we're not using colors that students with low vision are going to have a hard time seeing right mm -hmm. um making sure that if we have a student in a wheelchair that we're not doing you know physical activities that they can't participate in mm -hmm. right or and if you do have that like how can you bring them in right. um 
how are we adapting to students with low hearing, right? Mm -hmm. What are we doing? You know, are we doing, ca you know, captions or whatever? Like, those are the types of things, because th those have tangible, immediate, real world consequences as to whether or not students can learn. That's and it, that's, that's covered under the DEI umbrella. DEI. And of course, mm -hmm. we want to make it for everybody. But once we start cutting that out it's those students and by the way we don't really think about how many folks are are you know disabled categorically disabled but it's in that's a classroom true. it's anywhere between 10 and 20 percent of the students which is huge and, and, and that is so true and, and it's amazing how you would like you said you would be amazed you know and very shocked to see how many special accommodations that are currently in place you know, that a lot of people don't even know about. Well, they'll say, well, I didn't know that, you know, this person had this or this person suffered from that or whatever the case may be. So like you right. say, it has nothing to do. Well, you know, it's what, of course, we know why they did it, you know, because of, you know, the you know critical race theory, you know, just looking at color, but it goes. Nonsense. That's why they did it. Exactly. You know, it goes far beyond, you know, and this touches so many more people, regardless of what your color is. You know, so like you said, making these accommodations, you know, would help a student achieve and be able to learn and put them in an environment that would help them with whatever dis, uh, disability that they may have. So you're taking all of that and throwing that all of that out of the window and you can't put everybody in the same box. And they just okay, too, just for political nonsense, too. And by the way, the reason I said our friend Chris Proya, because he's running for state Senate against that mm -hmm. yes. horrible uh, unelected fellow, uh, Jonathan Martin. But Chris Proya is somebody he's a disability uh, person mm -hmm. with yes. disability yes. advocate. He himself mm -hmm. has uh, low hearing, low hearing. Um, and he wears a hearing aid. Um, and so he you know, he talks about that a little bit. He's not somebody that advertises, hey, I need special accommodations exactly. and stuff exactly. like that. But he's definitely the type of person and the type of employee and the type of student that if you make the effort to include him and make sure that he can, you know, hear or he's in a place where his hearing aids are going to help, uh, that makes it easier for him to to get along. Right. Because that's exactly. what we all deep down want. Like we want to be independent. We want to you know, pursue our, our goal and have quality of life and happiness. And mm -hmm. we don't want to be reliant on folks, right? Like, you know, it's, it's about being able to allowing to people to have the basic human dignity to lead a life of quality. And, and, and that's regardless of where you go. It, it can be in school, it can be on your job, it could be in whatever social setting and that type of thing. So it goes far beyond whatever, because I know this, uh, the diversity, equity and inclusion piece not just in school, but they took it into the workplace and this type of thing. So it, it it extends well beyond the educational um the educational institutions, and it goes into the workplace. So and you have tons and tons and tons of people that uh, vie for at least wanting to try and make sure that they can get into a workplace and getting into that workplace, making sure that they're able to compete with any other person that may not have a disability. So just because they have a disability doesn't mean that they're not, they're not you know, intelligent, doesn't mean that they can't do the job, doesn't mean that you know, mm -hmm. they can't even help the company thrive and, and prosper the way that the company itself wants to. So we want to make sure that we continue to fight against those things. Again, those are some things that are happening in 2023. So with the new, new legislative session coming up or actually starting today, you know, some of the things that I want to kind of point out to you real quick, uh, just to give you guys a brief, brief uh, scan on some of those things to watch for. Um, we know the big, big piece, of course, for Florida, the homeowner's insurance. 
the homeowner's insurance is something that's going to be huge. And I don't know if they're actually going to tackle this. I know it's going to have some conversation, but can't say that they're going to readily jump into it because with, and I think that with the, some of the new legislative laws that came into play in Florida last year uh, that Governor DeSantis put in place, they don't want to change any of those because I mean, he put in to where you can't sue Mm-hmm. <laughs> which is crazy you cannot sue yeah i mean it so by the way the reason that they're not going to change it is because the insurance companies are in their bank accounts that's exactly. why oh yeah they're, they're they're deep in their pocket you know so mm-hmm. it's it's crazy you know so we're, they're going to look at the health insurance i mean the the homeowners insurance and well uh, health care you know that's one thing that uh, they're going to be looking at um definitely and and what was the uh, the- Maybe not because the Senate president, Kathleen Pasadomo, which is our senator here in southwest Florida for Collier area, mm-hmm. uh, said that she is not going to spend 60 days relitigating Medicaid decisions. So <laughs> likely not going to see any more that Medicaid expansion, uh, right. some of which we quietly slipped in. But yeah, mm-hmm. we have uh, several million Floridians lost their health care coverage. So exactly. we made see that i would what before we move too far away from it they're actually uh one of the things that is has been filed in terms of the 2024 legislative session is to outlaw dei in the workplace yes that's yep yep that is one of them so they want to take that they did it for the university system and now they want to expand it to the workplace we'll have to see if it gets passed Yes. And that and that's why, like I said, just these are things that's coming up. So we want to make sure that everyone is aware. And this is why your vote is so important. You know, that these things that that are happening, these things, some things that have already happened doesn't mean that we can't fight against those things or we can put people in place that can make sure that we can correct some of the wrong that has been done. But we want to make sure that everyone certainly uh, votes and put yourself in a position so you can vote uh, looking at the the health care one of the things that that's that's interesting and i don't know if you hadn't heard a lot about it but i think the state of florida now wants to build a new prison they want to look into that as far as building new prisons so they want to change the prison system the way that a lot of things happen and of course, building new prisons and building new prisons in the prison system. Let's let's think about this. You know, who are they going to put in these particular prisons? I'm um, just just something to think about. Who, well, let me who, think. Um, brown and black people <laughs> and poor people. Did I win? Yeah, yeah there, boom. There you go. There you go. Definitely that. You know, it, it, it's it's funny and, and 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 just to just to kind of divert from that a little bit because it just hit my it just hit my brain. Um, you know, when because of the fact that so many things is happening in Texas and they're trying to get Donald Trump off of the ballot for a lot of states, and now they're kind of morphing that. Uh, the Republicans is trying to take, again, the lead from the Democrats and saying, well, maybe we're going to take uh, President Biden off of the ballot and our own governor wants to take President Biden off the ballot for Florida because of immigration and, and how he was saying that immigration is, is, is hurting Florida. So it, it amazes me how these things are, are happening because they still want to say that because of immigration, all of these things, a lot of you know crime and all of these things happen with immigrants coming in from Mexico and that so type of thing. It, but, but now they want to take, try and take or, or say our own governor, Governor 
DeSantis wants to say, well, let's not put President Biden on the ballot for Florida. And he's in the process of trying to see what he can do to do that. I mean, they're saying that it's it's you know nothing that he can actually do or it won't work. But nonetheless, he's still trying to put that out in the atmosphere. Them trying to take the um, the lead from the Democrats because of the fact that a legitimate reason, you know, that that, that they have because of with President uh, former President Trump with what he's done for January 6th. A legitimate he's an exactly. He's getting for, thrown off the ballot for being an insurrectionist. By the way, he's being thrown off the primary ballot, first of all. Right. Let's just clear that up. That's primary ballot. Exactly. So, like, the Florida is not having a primary for the Democrats. Not for, so for the Democrats, no. We've, no. we've nominated Joe Biden. End no, of story. That's stupid. The second thing that just, like, makes my skin crawl is, like, when, when Ron DeSantis is talking about the immigration stuff, because we do not have a land border. We do not have a land border with no, another country. Don't. Okay. No. Um, People are flying into this state or coming by a vote, and most of them are flying. Okay. Mm-hmm. There are some people that are coming across the border of, you know, of our northern states. Okay. But right. they're already in this country. And so the just the stupidity of Flo- Ron DeSantis, like tying the immigration issue to Florida because How? of this, 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 this trumped up uh, thing at the southern, southwestern borders in exactly. the United States. Like, I just, it's like, do any of you own a map, perhaps? Like, <laughs> it doesn't matter how big the wall is, guys. Like, it's not going to matter for Florida because I most know. of the people from Florida are not coming from there. Yeah, the, 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 wall not. Is not going to, the wall is not going to extend through the Gulf of Mexico down through the Keys. You know, I mean, they're, they're not, it, it's, it, that's not going to happen. And like you say, so with the immigrants coming in, they're already here. Once they're they already get here. Florida, they're already here. You know, so right. the fight that he's trying to say and the reason that he's trying to give makes no sense at all. But it's it, yeah, it's like one of the stupidest, most nonsensical political arguments I've seen. Like, and frankly, I mean, the Republicans made up critical race theory, so like they're yeah. they're not above like just fabricating oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. problems. They'll, okay? they'll, throw they'll throw stuff up there. Oh they'll, yeah, they'll, like, they'll like throw, this throw, one is just so. Like the facts, there are just a hundred percent against what they're saying. I know immigrants of all stripes cause less crime per capita than American citizens. Mm-hmm. That's a fact. Most immigrants come through airports. That's a fact. Mm-hmm. Most people who become ultimately undocumented also come through airports. That's a fact. Yes. Okay. The most crossed border in the United States is not at the southern border. It's the, the border between Detroit and Canada. Right. That's a fact. Okay. So like all of this other stuff is 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 fabricated to cause a crisis where there isn't one. And, and it falls like into this disgusting trope that the, that the right, the far right extremists and the fascists have been using to get into power, to scare people, to get them to be racist and xenophobic mm-hmm. because it's all on this idea of the replacement theory, you know, that, that Brown and black people are being let into this country to replace the white people. Like, and if you don't think that that's a real thing that the far right's talking about, listen to Tucker Carlson for a minute. Oh, def- definitely. He is absolutely talking about that. Elon Musk, frankly, just made a tweet last week saying, don't tell me the replacement theory isn't real. Like these are not even dog whistles anymore. These are outright, calls to mm-hmm. peak folks in their white supremacy, supremacy like that's yeah. what 
That's what's coming down. And that's why it just like, it just drives me absolutely insane because it gets people going because they think that there's this threat, but it's really just this disgusting racist trope that's been around mm-hmm. for a really long time that's being leveraged by fascists to mm-hmm. scare people into voting for them. I know. See, and, and, and here's the thing, um, what a lot of people don't uh, talk about when they start talking about immigrants and they talk about immigrants, like who was the first immigrants here? And then they want to continue to talk about immigrants and they want to say, well, whenever they mention immigrants, they're talking about those of uh, Latin descent. But immigrants, I mean, they come from everywhere, you know, yeah. and they, they've come. Now, yes, it, it you know, with the, the way that um, things are going and, and the biggest, I guess, site of or at least what they portray right now is at the Mexican border. That's all you see. But you can have, you know, they want to say illegal immigrants and this type thing. You know, I mean, you really have to make sure that you do your homework when they begin to talk about these particular things when it comes to like immigrants. I mean, this is what right. the, the, the United like States the number, is made of. Yeah. So they're, they've been talking a lot about like, oh, there's was 225,000 mm-hmm. people a- apprehended at the, the southern border. The southern border. Wait, wait a second. Wait a second. That, so that's. 225,000 people who were caught and sent back for illegally entering the country. Like that's good, right? Like that's the government mm-hmm. doing its job. Doing so job. that's what's, what's the problem again here? Right. I, I know. I know. Right. right. I'm, I'm missing it. Like, right. Right. like exactly. Exactly. So, so you're saying that if you catch a thief and you know, he goes to jail, isn't that like, what the law kind of states, you like, know, isn't so- that yeah? why we wanted the border patrol folks like exactly. to stop that. So like, how is increasing the number of, of border patrol, you know, customs and border patrol people and then them catching more people. How is that a crisis again? Yeah. It's manufactured bullshit. But like you say, it's, it's just put the way that they put things and the mentality that they want to put out there. That, so people would yeah. think, that you know the sky is falling the sky is falling the sky is falling and they're coming no, for not, my job not really my uh, white wife you know no it, it's cloudy out there but no but the sky is not falling i mean we got some clouds and a little wind but that doesn't mean that the sky is falling and that's right. all they want to do so we want to make sure that everybody is certainly aware of that another thing to look for 2024 um we, we know we, we know about the abortion, you know, and it's so good that we have the numbers now to put, you know, this particular item on the ballot in Florida in 2024. But be careful because they're still trying to get around that, you know, which is it's it's crazy. They give you the way to get things done. You go legally, do everything that you're supposed to do. They were supposed to get the petitions, get the petition signed, have a million plus petition signed and that type of thing. And, and you can have it on the ballot. And, it's, and then they go back and say, well, yeah, you did all that, but we're going to still try and not put it on the ballot and, and say, it's like, really? But but that's, you know, that that's the Sounds way. Sounds like they, they don't care what the people want. They don't, they don't, and they don't, they don't want them all. to vote on it. At all, at all. Because they know that the people are going to vote for abortion. Exactly. But the problem is, I don't care who it is, it could be Democrat, Republican, when it comes to women's rights 
and 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 just about every woman, I don't care which what her political party is, would say that I won't know. I don't want the government or any man or whatever telling me what I can do with my body. And they can right. say, and I don't care, even with you know the person that I'm running against, Jenna Persons. Yeah, I don't care. You can say whatever, you can act whatever. When it comes down to it, you want control over your body if, and, and, and you want to make oh, sure that your right. rights aren't being you know infiltrated upon by anybody whether it's um any entity any person any government whatever the case may be so again they just don't want to listen to what the people has to say because they know exactly what the resounding voice is going to be 68 percent of floridians believe that there should be access to abortion care mm -hmm. okay so it's an overwhelming majority of folks okay yeah one of the first bills that was filed here for the Florida legislature in the 2024 session was mm -hmm. a total abortion ban. Yes. Yes. And this was put forth by a representative out of the Miami-Dade area. And it simply is not what people in the state of Florida want. They do not want the government in their health care. And they do not want these religious zealots deciding how they can get their health care. I mean, you know, and seeing what's happening in other places like Utah, where there's mm -hmm. even been a moratorium on uh, the ability of emergency uh, emergency care to be able to perform abortions. And so women mm -hmm. are dying, right, um, waiting for an abortion. And uh, it's, it's a very, very scary time. And Yes, there is an overwhelming majority of people and a huge turnout of people just signed the petitions in the I state know, of Florida. I know. It's going huge. to win on the ballot. Yes. And yeah, this makes these folks who are more than happy to push through minoritarian culture war bullshit when people aren't looking. <laughs> it's going to be really hard for them to do that when mm -hmm. we have this statewide referendum and everybody goes, no, we want to have access to abortion care. And it's none of the exactly. government business. None at all, at all. It, 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 it's crazy. You know, they, they say that they want to restrict all of those things as far as abortion and, and again, definitely, you know, when it comes to women's health care, but then one of the things again to watch for, but they want to take the gun laws and make changes to where you can now at 18 purchase instead of being at age 21. Um, I mean, really, it, it, it and eliminate the three day uh, waiting period for AR 15. Yeah. That was another one that Jonathan Martin, our locally unelected state senator, uh, that was another one that he put forth. And mm -hmm. that is that was a precaution, by the way, that was put in place bipartisanly in the wake of Parkland, the Parkland right. shooting, which right. had been perpetrated right. mm -hmm. and killed 14 high school students with an yep. AR-15. Mm -hmm. And they decided, yes, they raised the gun age from 18 to 21. 21. And then and then it put in the three-day uh, waiting period. And they're trying to roll that back. Which, and, is, which is crazy, which makes no sense because you still have you know, all of these things that are happening you know, with these weapons. Yeah. And you i mean for what reason and then you know our you know crazy governor wants to say okay well even with that then you can you know with with not having to have a certificate or a license to carry you know you can just willy-nilly do whatever you want to do go back to the wild wild west you know and everybody put a gun on their hip which makes no sense and these are the things that we're fighting against but you still have an increase in gun violence you know you still have all of these things that are happening with guns 
not just at schools, but you're talking about at every, basically at every when institution. Killing women. Yes. All, Suicide. All and the, But you want to put the guns still in the hands of younger people, which makes no sense at all. And which but is against it, the brain science, which is why there was the advocacy to move the age up as well, because sad to say it, fellas, but especially a young one, young men, the brain development between the age 18 and 21 is pretty significant. And mm -hmm. you are much less young men are much less likely to engage in violent and impulsive activities after the after age of 21, 21. Exactly. than they are the age of 18. And right. and it, it is brain chemistry. It's just like science thing and the teenagers and the hormones mm -hmm. and they're, you know, like they're, oh, they, they yes. do stuff. And that's actually what all of the science tells us about having access to guns is yes, of course they are more deadly in general with their capacity versus a knife or something else, right. but it's the impulse factor, right? So if you mm -hmm. can go out and get this weapon, that's significantly more damaging mm -hmm. than what you already have and you can do it impulsively you're it, that's where we come into problem that's where so you're more likely to kill your wife you're more likely to kill your kids right. you're more likely mm -hmm. to kill yourself just having access to it because of that impulsivity right mm -hmm. um whereas like if you have a waiting period or you have your you know things are locked up and in different areas and stuff like you are less likely to 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 do these things. And, and right. that's like you say, it, it's, it's, it's straight impulse because, you know, I remember one particular incident to where the mother in which I think she's, she's been charged, but her son, but she had a, a firearm in her car and then her son was in her car. She, you know, they, they got out and they, you know, their son got into an altercation with someone, but he was a teenager. Then he goes back into the car because he's so upset now because he knew that the firearm was there. Nobody else had a firearm. Nothing was, you know, threatening in that particular sense. He goes back into the car, gets the firearm, come back, comes back out to shoot. Now it's like, really? And like you say, just because of the fact that you have this idea in your head, you know, that I have an upper hand if I'm able to do this. And, you know, if it were someone a little bit older, definitely we probably have, um, you know, thought about it and thought through definitely a lot more, um, uh, you know, logically, but no, yeah. like you say, you know, just that brain time between, you know, a teenager and via up to 21 is significant. And that's something that we really need to look into. And they always talk about, well, you was, you know, suffering from, you know, mental health, mental health, mental health. Dude, we need to make sure that we do what we can do to ensure that everybody is safe, those with firearms, without firearms, and not give at least fuel to the fire. Let's make sure that we can handle what we can handle now and then go from there, not put fuel on the fire and then say, well, again, the sky is falling, the sky is falling. Well, let's do what we can do first and then go from there. You know, so also every representative, every senator that opens their mouth and says something about healthcare and mental health care, better open their pocketbook and start putting those line items in for exactly. mental health. Exactly. Well. Yes. Yes. And that and that's something that should be, and I'm not sure if they're going to discuss it. Um, and, and it should be something on a national level. And I think they're talking, I don't know how much talk is going on, but even within the state of Florida, that should be something uh, that they could be talking about within the 20, uh, 2024 legislative session, yeah. uh, some type of mental health for teachers and for students and for all of those that's going through certain issues and problems, because just about every right now, I don't know how many schools 
within, well, just in Lee County, you know, that has gone through some type of gun threat, some type of whether it's whether it's real or bogus or whatever the case may be, but they're still going through these particular issues and these particular problems. So we have to make sure that we put our schools, our administrative staff, our students, teachers, all of them in a safe mental space and then continue with the physical space. Because even if you're not safe mentally, that can harm you just as bad as someone coming with a gun. Yeah. You know, so we would need to make sure that we do these things for the people that are there and not just for the schools, you know, but we want to make sure that our our community is is safe. So these are some things that we want to make sure that you guys kind of look for, watch, go on online. You can see your sessions with the, the House session, the Senate session. You can go online and begin to look at those things to see what they're talking about, to see that the bills are that are coming up uh, from the, the Senate and from the House and make sure that you keep yourself informed. And that's what we really want to do. But make sure when we started out, we talked about making sure that everyone is signed up for vote by mail. But it just even if you're not signing up for vote by mail, just make sure that you are registered to vote, because this is something that's going to be very important when it comes to our election time. So Again, my name is Howard Sapp with Now You Know, and we are here to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to, um, you know, voice their opinion. So if you want to, again, hit us up, talk to us, email us, communicate with us in some kind of way, come on the show or whatever the case, have a question, have a comment where we welcome your comments on the show. And we ask that you would just, again, you know, plug in and email and, and, and just communicate with us and just let us know what, what, what you're thinking. And, and we can talk. We don't have to agree on everything. But we can at least sit down and talk and we can agree to disagree, but we can make sure I think just about, you know, everybody has the same, same, same attitude. We want to make sure that our community and we can do um, make sure that everybody is safe, make sure that everybody is their, their voice is being heard, make sure that, you know, the things that are important to them, are, it's certainly put out there so that we can make sure that we have the best community that we can possibly have. Again, so my name is Howard Sapper, now you know, and Dr. Cindy Banya is going to tell you how you guys can be a part of, you know, uh, Big Mouth Media, how you can just support independent uh, radio and just, hey, do what you can do for us. So again, we just thank you and we uh, give it to Dr. Cindy Banya. Absolutely. So I've been your co-host, Dr. Cindy Banyay, and we would love for you to be a subscriber to us here at Now You Know. You can get do that for as little as $4.99 a month or $49.99 a year. You can find that and all of our other subscriptions and plans at BigMouthMediaFL.com on our plans and pricing page. And your subscription will help keep independent media like us alive yes. in this increasingly threatening environment for journalism and democracy. Thanks so much for joining us here and we'll see you next time. Bye-bye. Bye-bye.